In this message, Pastor speaks about the carpenter's anointing and encourages that for the glory of Jesus Christ, the anointing of the Holy Spirit will bring together everything that is broken and scattered in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of Mark chapter 6 and verses 3. Verses 3. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, and of Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? Mark, uh, Acts of the Apostles, the 10th chapter. Verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. With the Holy Ghost and with with power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're hearing about power. Amen. Anointing is equal to power. And tonight I want to speak to you on the carpenter's anointing. Amen. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is he not the carpenter? When Jesus was in his hometown, they saw him as a carpenter. But the Bible says in Acts 10, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Jesus could have come as anyone else, but he came as a carpenter. He could have come as a king, but he came as a carpenter. The book of Zechariah, the first chapter, verses 19 to 21. It says there, they were the horns that were scattering Judah, Israel and Jerusalem. The 19th was Zechariah, the first chapter was 19. But the 20th verse says, The Lord showed me four carpenters. And what do these carpenters do? They will cast out the horns of the Gentiles. Amen. Glory to God. And this carpenter will prosper Israel. So there were four horns that is destroying the children of God. But God did not raise up an army. God did not raise up soldiers. God raised up carpenters. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of Jesus. There is an anointing of a carpenter, the carpenter being Jesus himself. That brings about everything that is scattered in your life to something beautiful. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Everything that is scattered in your life, whether it be your family life, whether it be your finances, whether it be your relationships, everything that is broken, everything that is scattered, there is an anointing of the Holy Spirit that will bring everything together to bring glory to the name of Jesus tonight. Put your faith in Christ. Lift up your voice and shout out Jesus. Let the anointing that was upon the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, come upon you tonight. Amen. Glory to God. The carpenters are into details. They don't just take a log and just try to hammer it away. <laughs> you know, I'm building my house by the grace of God. And now I, know, I see the carpenters working. And they need exact measurements. They need the details. They are very specific in what they do. There is an anointing that God is going to release upon some of you. And I claim it for myself. That God will give you accurate details about your life. And about your future. And all that God has called you to do. Exact measurements, plans, the purposes of God. There are believers who are believers for namesake and who are just calling on Jesus and staying the way they are. But there are people who have tapped into the grace that is upon Jesus. The grace that flows from Jesus, the anointing that comes from the Lord. And who are moved into a cup and a kind of anointing who need no specifics and details about what God wants them to do. Let there be clarity. Let there be wisdom that comes from heaven. Let the grace and the anointing of the Holy Spirit flow upon every hungry heart. That you will have an eye for details. Touch your eye and say an eye for details. Amen. For accuracy. Amen. Sharp details. Accurate measurements. I like to be that kind of preacher who's got a who gives an accurate word. One word, one encounter with Jesus can change somebody's life. See, if there is a specific word which the Holy Spirit can drop into my spirit and I can release for, I know somebody's life is touched, somebody's destiny is changed, somebody's having a breakthrough, a miracle. That is a prophetic anointing. Jesus was a He's the King of Kings, He's the Lord of Lords, He's the Lamb of God, He's the Son of God, He's the way, the truth and the life, He's the Good Shepherd, He's the light of the world, He's the resurrection and the life, but He's also the greatest of the prophets. When a woman came to the well, Jesus spoke everything about her. Everything about her, accurately. When Jesus saw Nathaniel, he says, Listen, I saw you while you were under that fig tree. I know everything about you. Isn't that great if God can give you that kind of grace? That you know everything accurately. Not to be arrogant or proud. Not to put somebody down, but to help somebody, to build somebody up, to edify somebody. Whatever is scattered in your life, whatever is separated, any blessing, the vision, the glory, the blessings that has been scattered in your life, may God raise up skilled 
carpenters over your life and bring everything together. Praise be to the name of Jesus. Amen. The carpenter has tools. Say the carpenter has tools. And he knows how to handle those tools. The carpenter has certain gifts, certain tools, and he knows how to handle it. If you are a minister, you know, I remember when God called me out and just youth in the church and I had to do marriages, I had to do Lord's table, to do baptisms. The only baptism I had seen was my own baptism. and <laughs> I didn't know how to go about it. I said, Lord, how do I go about it with a marriage, with administration, with, you know, things of the ministry. How do I go about it? The tools, how do I use it? How is the communion supposed to be taken? How is the word of God supposed to be handled? How do I handle other men and women of God who are being mightily used of God? The company anointing or that grace will enable you to handle the tools the way God wants you to handle it. Where you have to use the hammer, you have to use the hammer. Praise God. Where you have to use the spanner, you have to use the spanner. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Where you have to use faith, you have to use faith. Where you have to use discipline, you have to use discipline. Where you have to use love, you have to use love. Where you have to battle it out in the spirit, you have to battle it out in the spirit. Where you have to use the gift of tongues, you have to use the gift of tongues. Where you have to minister in the gifts of healing, you have to minister in the gift of healing. Where you have to pray, you have to pray. These are all tools. The word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy, gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues, gift of miraculous power. All these are tools for the equipping of God's Christ's body. And this grace of this anointing gives you the wisdom the grace to use these gifts, the stools for the glory of God, yes. not for yourself, yes. not to make a name for yourself, not to shine, not to build your little world, not to get more likes on your Instagram post, but for the building up of the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. When Jesus was ascending into heaven, he said, after I've asked, it's a tool for the glory of God, for the extension of His kingdom. God is raising up people, men and women of God, who can handle these weapons and these tools for the glory of God. If you're one of them, lift your hand and say, Jesus, anoint me. I need the anointing and the grace and the gifting of a carpenter. God uses weapons. The devil uses weapons. You have to know the difference. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, Paul would write, but mighty in God. The weapons that God gives you are mighty for pulling down every stronghold. But you got to know how to use it. 
If you don't know the authority that you have in Christ, you're going to allow the devil to hit you hard. There is no real reason why he should do that. So this grace, this anointing, I should release you forth and to bring you to that place of liberty that Jesus paid the price for. This, this, this grace of a carpenter, this anointing, or the charism, or the gift of a carpenter is needed. For 30 years, Jesus walked as a carpenter. 30 years. years you know I got cameras on my phone you know I mean not on the phone but a, a, an app that is downloaded where the construction of my house bed is going and I can see it from wherever I am so I see the carpenters working sometimes I'm amazed they walk through into the night early morning I can see hear them walking see that I thought what what stamina what strength Jesus didn't go to gym every day. I'm not against gym. Please go to gym. But he had stamina, strength. He was making his own cross. 30 years. May God activate stamina and strength inside of you. The grace of God. Oh, look at somebody and say, I won't get tired too fast. Glory to God. Hallelujah strength and stamina to be activated by the grace of God. Yes. Amen. Can you imagine that? Jesus was beaten. He was flogged. He didn't handle that spiritually. He took that physically. He had to have strength, physical strength. They plucked out his beard. He didn't handle that spiritually. He handled it physically. He had strength. One small headache and you don't come to church for three weeks. They carry the cross. This anointing, this grace will give you strength and stamina. Somebody receive it tonight in Jesus' name. Not only spiritually but even physically. Paul was Many a time in shipwrecks. Beaten. Stones thrown at him. But he would get up. Can you imagine that? Samson with the jawbone of a donkey killed thousand men. Physical strength. Thousand men. And you can hardly sit in the office for eight hours. With that. <laughs> See, God's got something better for you. You are a child of the new covenant. His word will energize and heal you. Jesus would pray all through the night. You need physical strength. Would go up into the mountains to pray. 
Just getting out of bed, you know how much of a challenge it is. Forget going up the mountain. <laughs> Some of us have to have three shots of coffee before we can sit up in the bed. Jesus would get up in the early hours of morning, go through into the mountains, lonely places into deserts, scorching heat during the day, coldness of the night. Our own saint or man of God of Apostle of India, Sadhu Sundar Singh, would go into the Himalayas with just a cloth, a tunic, the coldest of winter, with just no, not even shoes. See, they tapped into this grace. They tapped into this anointing. I've been to Galilee. It gets really chilly there. Jesus would sit on the boat in the middle of the sea on, 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 on the coast and preach. Can you imagine all the 11 disciples except for John were muttered, thrown to lions, travel as far as India, Thomas, St. Thomas, tortured to death. Well, definitely the grace of God and the spiritual strength was there, but they had to have physical strength too. It doesn't come by eating four omelets a day. Doing 100 push-ups. No, no. It comes by the anointing, the grace of the carpenter. They plucked out his beard and he didn't die. On the cross, Jesus hung there for three hours. Can you imagine that? Sometimes, you know, as a young preacher, I would hear preachers say, listen, I just preach for one hour and then I just get off. Because I can't stand the crowd and laying hands upon people. I just don't have the strength. Can you imagine that? Jesus just on the cross, he was there for three hours. You know, I've seen some of the greatest men of God. They're all hard workers. Hard workers. Putting in 18 hours. Of, you know, once Billy Graham. You know, Billy Graham had his own farm. I mean, you know, old MacDonald had his own farm, but Billy Graham also had a farm. <laughs> old MacDonald had a farm. <laughs> uh, you know, we won't go there today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Billy Graham, well, he stepped out to serve the Lord. His brother told him, you know, you, you want to be a preacher because you want an easy life. You don't want to work in the farm. In the farm, you have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, milk those cows, work hard. So Billy Graham didn't say anything to his brother. Years later, his brother also came to the Lord and decided to serve the Lord. So after serving the Lord for a year, one day Billy Graham asked him, so which is tougher, getting up in the morning at three in the farm and doing that work or being a preacher? And the brother said, I'm sorry, being that preacher. Glory to God. May the grace 
of God build you up spiritually, emotionally, physically. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Preaching is not about just style and you know standing there or going and having shawarma at the shawarma shop and evangelization. You know, we used to have those evangelizations before. One hour of prayer and three hours of eating. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of Jesus. There are preachers who, are, who stand up on the pulpit for hours. Who pray through the night. And that kind of grace of a carpenter, let that come upon you. I lift up my hands unto the Lord. You need stamina, you need strength. As a carpenter, you need to have training. You can't be a carpenter just like that. Just like you can't learn swimming by, you know, correspondence. Or Google. You can't be a carpenter. <laughs> Even for ministry, you can't do that. Just get on. Just get five points from a message somewhere, listen to that preacher, listen to that, and then think, okay, it's so easy. It doesn't happen that way. The nitty-gritty details of what happens. Timothy, you got to walk with Paul. Elijah, you got to walk with Elijah. Without training, there is no reigning. You don't reign in life without training. Sometimes people say, no, Pastor, when I stand, God will just speak through me. Yeah, nobody will get saved. That's the only problem. And they quote a scripture, Matthew 10, 20. See, that scripture is when Jesus said, when you stand trial, don't be concerned about what you will speak because I will send forth the spirit of my heavenly father upon you. But you've got to learn. You've got to study. I forget who it was. Maybe you can check on the net. IBM head. IBM head. Who is he? You know, two friends. They met after 19 years. One of them went to all the restaurants that he could to eat in that 19 years. He ate from every restaurant. So he was like the star of knowing what food to order from which restaurant, what to eat. He knew all the places. The other guy in that 19 years read about 600 books. 600 books. Yeah. 600 books. And they met after many years. And one of them had a pay scale that was a little bit. The other was the IBM head, the one who had read the 600 books, not the guy who ate the idli. <laughs> See, he studied. You got to train yourself by the grace of God, by this anointing to serve Jesus. 
Acts 6 verses 2 and 3 even serving at the tables the, ser- the way you serve at home and the way you serve at church is different even serving bread Acts 6 2 and 3 please read Then the 12 called the multitude of the disciples Then the 12 called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said hmm. It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables And serve tables Wherefore brethren look ye out among you seven men of honest report huh. full of the holy ghost and wisdom See They need full of the holy ghost and wisdom and good reputation to serve food in the church Are you with me? Or where chutney should be given you will give sambar otherwise. Is it with them? What self where how to help somebody you need the wisdom from God. how much to give what to do have you seen people who serve sambar and it's on your shirt this is not on the plate you need the power of god it is not how you work in a company that you work in in church serve the lord job 36 in verse 11 36 and verse 11 If they obey and serve him If they obey and serve him they shall spend their days in prosperity They shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure How to put the chairs where to put it how to usher in the people You need this anointing. The spirit of wisdom. Glory to God. Lift your hand and say, "Lord, fill me with this grace. Fill me with this wisdom. Fill me with this anointing that I might serve you all the days of my life." Lift your eyes. Lift your voice to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise you Lord. Thank you Jesus.
and the anointing of a carpenter the same anointing that was upon Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let every fear of being sick depart out of your life. Every fear of death. Every fear of missing out. Every spirit of condemnation. Everything that is stopping you from receiving from God and walking in this grace, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Read Thank you, Jesus. Praise you. Glory to your name. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. The presence of God is so rich. The grace of God is flowing into you. Hallelujah. Every carpenter has his own space. Do you have your space? Or his own workshop? Jeremiah 33 and verse 3 Call unto me and I will show you 
marvelous things that you have never seen before. Call unto me. You need to have your space and call on the Lord. You can never stay or walk in that grace and anointing if you don't spend time with Jesus. You need to have that space. You need to make space in your life for God. There was no space for Jesus in the in the inn. But somebody offered their manger, made space. You need to make space. Look at somebody they need to make more space for the Lord. As a deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth for the God. Glass brochures then they like come rice then you. Why did he just want it? Thank you, Lord. That's what. It's a spirit of prayer. So, you know, before we used to say Sunday Christians, don't be a Sunday Christian. Now, after COVID, we need to tell people at least be a Sunday Christian. <laughs> Forget being a Christian every other day of the week. At least on a Sunday, go to church. <laughs> you know, every carpenter in his workshop, in a workshop, has his workshop. Even for marriage, you need a, you know, it said, the husband works and she shops. Workshop. <laughs> <laughs> You want to have a healthy marriage? <laughs> the husband works, the woman shops, <laughs> workshop. Well, you, he can rebuild a home. Carpenters build homes. Any home you give into the hands of a carpenter, he can. You know, in 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 one Peter chapter three verses one to seven, the Bible actually speaks about the New Testament about marriage. And uses uh, an example in Abraham and Sarah. But when you look at Abraham and Sarah, you find their marriage was not perfect. They stepped out together from Ur of Chaldees, living in tents. What I would say. Not having a permanent home, rented places, not settling in anywhere, settling down, one place to another. A third person in their marriage, Hagar comes in. I mean, that is complication. It's complicated all there. Had to pray. Wait in faith and have be patient to have their own child. After having the child, had to have the surrender to give the child unto God. Look at the challenges. Abraham is concerned about his family trying to save Lot. Sarah is left in the tent in the desert. So 
look at a marriage. They started together, start together young. Then there is the middle phase of marriage, the middle years. And the old age of marriage, even at old age, they were together. That's the beauty of it. As you step out, young age, you're always looking forward. Old age, you're looking back of all the journeys that God has taken you through. Middle age is that part where you are kind of frustrated. Where am I going? But they made it through. You know why? Because 1 Peter 3 says they had faith in God. They didn't use any of these struggles or battles to break that marriage. They put their faith in God. Sarah stayed submitted to Abraham. Glory to God. Some families, God is going to heal you. It doesn't matter what your challenges are, what you're experiencing in your family life, but let the grace of a carpenter restore and rebuild your home. Rebuild that home. Restore that home. Amen. Every carpenter shop makes a lot of noise. Lot of noise. There are some of your lives you can't even hear any noise. Even dogs bark, at least bark. When the Holy Ghost came, it was noised abroad. Can you imagine that? There was a huge noise. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Let the noise of worship, noise of praise, noise of lifting up Jesus be heard in your tabernacle. Let there be shouts of victory in your tabernacles. Carpenters, workshop will have noise. Glory to God. Amen. One more scripture and then we're going to pray. Isaiah 44 verse 13. Isaiah 44 verse 13. The carpenter stretches out a string. The carpenter stretcheth out his rule or string. He marketh it out, see exact measurements, with a line. He fitteth it with planes. And he marketh it out with the compass. And maketh it after the figure of a man. According to the beauty of a man. That it may remain in the house. He draweth the line. God draws a line over the water saying, can't enter or go further than this to the oceans, the seas. The line is strong. May the carpenter draw a line that the enemy cannot enter through into your life. Sickness and affliction and bondage or evil powers or witchcraft or magic cannot enter into your home. Let there be a line drawn by the Holy Spirit. It says there, he maketh the figure of a man according to the beauty of the man. The carpenter makes everything beautiful. 
Lift your hand and say, Lord, beautify me. Beautify my home. Beautify my life. Carpenter makes everything beautiful. Amen. Glory to God. Going to beauty parlor, I'm not against it. You won't go to hell if you go to a beauty parlor. As a matter of fact, some of you need to go. <laughs> Wearing good clothes or having your hair proper and dressing up well and all that, there's something wrong with that. There was a time in our spiritual lives we thought that was wrong. But there are people who go to a beauty parlor and then you don't recognize them after that. <laughs> Is it the same person? You don't know. <laughs> Once a man sent this, you know, I was going to get married, his, the, the wife-to-be sent her to the beauty parlor, finally he saw her at the church and he says, who are you? <laughs> so don't go to that kind of extremes. Are you, I mean, but true beauty comes from the presence of God. Beautiful, sharp eyes, <clears throat> features. The Lord is the one who does it for you. Amen. Glory to God. Graceful lips, hands that are full of grace. All that happens when you spend time with Jesus, the carpenter. He beautifies your life. There is a grace that beautifies the life. Amen. Hallelujah. There are people who go to a beauty parlor, they have so much of makeup, they lead a fake life. Fake eyelashes, fake nails, everything about them is fake. That is wrong. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Everything, your smile is fake. Your love is fake. You pretend. That's when the carpenter is not sharpening your life. When the grace is not flowing into your life, everything is fake. Open your mouth and say, I don't want anything fake in my life. I, I renounce fake fakeness in my life. I, I want the truth of God's word, the grace of Jesus Christ, the beauty of the Lord to be manifested in my life. Nothing artificial. Nothing superficial. To be genuine and true before God. Holy Spirit enable me. Glory to God. Thank you Jesus. Beautify my life Lord. Thank you Jesus. It says there. The figure of a man. According to the beauty of a man. That may remain in the house. One version. I think it is the CEV. That says that he may remain in the temple. God beautifies your life. That you can remain in this temple. Your own body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit where Christ can remain in you. That's the anointing and the grace of a carpenter. Lift your hands tonight and say, Jesus, I need you.